Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are a verse-by-verse Bible teaching church. I need two people to clap your hands and say amen, would you? Or more than that. And so for us to be doing a topical series like that is a big deal for us because we don't normally do them. Um, Although this topic is certainly one that we all need to know and understand. You know, after first service, this one sister came up to me and she said, um, she had tears in her eyes and she said, I've been a Christian for 20 plus years. And she said, I've never heard these things that you're telling and you're talking about over the last three, four weeks. I've never heard them, she said. Um, And then after second service, a couple came to me and said, they've been Christians for 20 plus years. They've never heard the things that we are talking about as it relates to the Holy Spirit which tells me the all the more need why we need to know what the Bible says about the person of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness here? Am I right about it? We need to know. So if you're here for the first time, we usually are verse by verse in a book, but today and over the next couple of months, we'll be in a series talking about the Holy Spirit. And I've mentioned over the last several weeks that arguably... Um, the Holy Spirit, this topic of the Holy Spirit is arguably the most controversial and misunderstood topic in all of the Bible. Uh, We've learned so far, have you been with us? We've learned so far that the Holy Spirit is not an energy, a force, a fluid, or karma. Somebody say amen, that he is God, the third person of the Godhead. He's God. And if the Holy Spirit is God, then he ought to have God-like characteristics and personalities and traits like a person. We talked about that last week. If you missed any of these teachings, you can pick them up in the bookstore. We talked about the Holy Spirit has intelligence, and the Holy Spirit has a will, and the Holy Spirit has emotion, and the Holy Spirit can be lied to and quenched and grieved. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit, like a person, has the ability to teach. The Holy Spirit, like a person, forbids and intercedes, and the Holy Spirit can be blasphemed. And again, we talked about all of these last week. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. We have the word Trinity. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. It's a word, a technical word, given to the teaching that there is one God that exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and who saints? God, the Holy Spirit. They are distinct persons. The Father is not Jesus. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. They are distinct and yet one. And in that triune oneness, listen, there's a harmony and a unity and no bitterness or jealousy. 
The father never considers himself better than the son. The son is never jealous of the father. The son is under the authority of the father. The spirit is the third person in the Trinity and is under the authority of the father and the son. And one of the main jobs, as we talked about last week, one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit is to bring glory to Jesus. Remember John chapter 16, look at verse 14. And he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. So now that we know, listen, saints, give me your attention. Look at me, please. Now that we know that the Holy Spirit is a who and not a what, now we want to talk about his function, huh? his person. What did he come to do? What's his purpose? What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit in the world today? What has he come to do? What is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Here's where you need a pen and a pad. And I want you to take some notes right here. We'll be talking about this on the, over the next two weeks. I'm going to give you eight things or eight points concerning the ministry and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And again, we'll take four this week and we'll take four next week. But here's where you want to write them down. Eight points or things concerning the ministry and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit is sent as a helper. Number two, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Number three, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness. Number four, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment. Number five, the Holy Spirit guides in into all truth or guides us into all truth. Number six, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of his own authority. Number seven, the Holy Spirit tells us of things to come. And finally, number eight, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit is sent as a helper the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. If you don't get them all, you'll pick them up next week. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment. The Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak of his own authority. The Holy Spirit tells us of things to come. And finally, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. My sermon title, The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. Again, we'll take four this week, and we'll take four next week. Saints, we pick up in John chapter 16, and we're going to pick up in verse 5. If you look at verse 5, chapter 16, I need you to say a hearty amen. amen. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asked me, Jesus said, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, underline that, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, every time you see the word he, his, or him, I want you to circle it. And when he has come, or highlight it, identify it, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more 
of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it unto you. Point number one, saints, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to be our helper. Now, if you've been with us in our study in the Gospel of John, you know that chapter 16, the scene is the upper room. It's Thursday night, the night of the Last Supper, the night Jesus would be arrested and taken to Golgotha and hung on the cross. Verse 5, Jesus turns to the disciples and says, go ahead and look at verse 5, look at verse 5. He turns to the disciples and says, I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? Sorrow has filled your heart. Look at verse 7. Nevertheless, nevertheless, that's one of the greatest words in the Bible. It could read, despite all that, despite the fact that Jesus knew their hearts were filled with sorrow, Despite the fact that they would miss him, despite the fact that maybe they felt they could, they, they gave up three years of their lives to follow him and now he's leaving. Nevertheless, Jesus says, despite all that, I'm telling you the truth. It's for your advantage. It's for your benefit that I go away. It's to your advantage that I be arrested and sentenced to die. It's to your advantage that I am nailed to a cross. It's to your advantage that my lifeless body lay in a cold grave. It's to your advantage that I go, because if I don't go, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Did y'all get that? Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit with a personal pronoun, he or him or his. Verse 7, I will send him unto you. Verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, let's put it together. Jesus told the disciples he was leaving, but that he wasn't going to leave them alone, or he wasn't going to leave them as orphans, that he was going to send another helper. Remember chapter 14, Calvary Chapel, remember the word another, two Greek words. One is heteros, means another of the same kind, and Alos means another of a different kind, class, and caliber, especially as it relates to personality and deity. Jesus says, as I was with you, now I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And everything I was to you, the Holy Spirit will be to you. Jesus says, I was God on earth who lived with you and dwelt with you. While I was on earth, I was your helper. Jesus had been there to pray with them and help them and teach them. Are y'all picking this up? And he had been there to provide for them. And Jesus says, now I'm sending the Holy Spirit and he will be a helper of the same kind. Now, I want you to notice something critical here. Note, first of all, Jesus is talking to the disciples about the work of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, look at verse seven. Jesus said, if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. In other words, when the spirit comes, he's coming to the disciples and he's going to be working through the disciples to affect the world. The Holy Spirit does not come in some hocus pocus mystical manner 
as one might see on TV. You know, if you watch TV, you'll get your theology about the Holy Spirit all messed up. Because, it, you know, you see on TV, they wave a jacket at somebody and they just fall out in the spirit. Ooh. Or they lay hands on somebody, be healed. They fall out in the spirit or all kinds of things. And you think the Holy Spirit comes to the world in some weird, mystical, hocus pocus weirdness. No, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is coming to you. In other words, he's going to be using your hands and your feet and your mouth and your body, the disciples and the church. Listen to what Warren Wiersbe says. Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, it is important to note That the spirit comes to the church and not to the world. This means that he works in and through the church. The Holy Spirit does not minister in a vacuum. Just as the son of God had to have a body in order to do his work on earth. So the spirit of God needs a body to accomplish his ministries. And that body is the church. Our bodies are his tools and temples. And he wants to use us to glorify Christ and to witness to a lost world. Jesus says, I'm going away and the helper will come to you. He will help us. Now, the question is, how does he help us? Well, the spirit helps us in many ways. He encourages us. Somebody say amen. He comforts us. Somebody say amen. The spirit of God intercedes for us when we don't know how to pray. Huh? How many times you've been in a situation where you didn't know what to pray for? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. That's mostly all of us. And for me, people come to me and they tell me horrific, awful, awful, awful things. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to ask the Lord for. I don't know what to say. Anybody been in that? You don't even know what to say. And the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Romans, write it down, memory verse, Romans 26, 27. The Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how we pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Did y'all get that? With groanings too deep for words, we don't always know how to pray. We don't always know the will of God. So the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayers. In other words, when you don't know how to pray, look at me, please. When you don't know how to pray, you can just, the Bible tells us he intercedes for us with groanings. So when you don't know how to pray and you don't know the words, you can just groan in the spirit. Just groan. Just moan. Groan and God will take those groanings and interpret that groaning into some language in which the father understands it. So you praying for your family and you don't know how to pray. Lord, I don't know how to pray. Oh, Lord, Lord Jesus, I don't know how to pray for Lord. Oh, my kids. Lord, my kids. Lord Jesus, help my kids. They're crazy. Lord, help me. 
and God takes that groaning. This is wrong. I'm not making this up. Romans 8 says just that. God takes that groaning and interprets that groaning into a language which the Father understands. He intercedes for us with groanings too deep to be uttered. Let's move forward. Point number two, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. Look at verse 8. Now, why does the Holy Spirit convict the world of sin? Listen, it's real simple. Because he loves the world. Because the Holy Spirit, did you know this? The Holy Spirit has an intense love and passion for the world, just like a mother loves her children. Listen to this poem. I love to read it when I get a moment. Um, It's by Rudyard Kipling, and he wrote this. He said, if I were hanged on the highest of hill, mother of mine, oh, mother of mine, I know whose love would flow, would follow me still, mother of mine, oh, mother of mine. If I were drowned in the deepest sea, mother of mine, oh, mother of mine, I know whose tears would come down for me, mother of mine, oh, mother of mine. If I were damned by body and soul, mother of mine, oh, mother of mine, I know whose prayers would make me whole, mother of mine, oh, mother of mine. I love that. There's something, listen, about the strength of a mother's love. And if you don't believe me, you try to harm the baby of a mother and that mother will gain. Am I right about it? That mother will gain supernatural strength to be able to throw you to Philadelphia. (laughs) Am I right about it? I'm not kidding. Mothers. And listen, it doesn't just it doesn't just happen in the human species. I'm talking like animals. I was out there that. Um. Uh, Lake Pine, Lake Pine, Lake Pine is where the, the water, the water's around Lake, Lake Pine. And, uh, and they have the, um, the, the, um, the geese. They got a bunch of geese walking around there. And I am telling you, those geese are the most disrespectful geese I have ever seen in my life. Those geese, they think they own that walkway. It drives me crazy. And they're all over the place, too. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been out there, but they take over the territory. They are all over the place. And, 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 and they, 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 they get when you're when you're walking. I'm walking mine in my own business. And, and, and they get right in the middle. And it's almost like they don't want me to cross because I'm, I'm kind of scared of them, but not. You know what I mean? Because because I was like, I'm like, y'all don't want none of this. I, you know, so I, so I, you know, so they get in the middle of the walkway and then I want me to cross. So I go this way and then they go this way. They smart. Them, them geese are smart. And then when they coming along, you ever seen them coming along with the babies? Now, they're, when they have their little babies with them, the little baby geese, um, the baby geese, the baby, what the baby geese called? That, that's right. Goslin. I can't remember. I can't remember that. They told me last service. Goslin. Do y'all know I have never known that till, till like last service? Somebody said Goslin. Did y'all know that? Who, who else didn't know that? Raise your hand. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, am I the only dumb one in here? I'm like, uh, Goslin. Okay, so when the baby, when the baby, the Goslin, or they got the mother geese, got the Goslin out, and they are super aggressive then. When them babies are coming, am I right about it, y'all? When them babies are coming by, the mother geese is like, yeah, come near my kids. Come near my kids, see what I do to you. And they will, they, they will eat you alive. I'm telling you, I'm like, look, I don't want no trouble with you. 
I don't, I, all I eat is chicken. I don't even eat duck. I don't eat geese or nothing. All I eat just chicken, just chicken. I don't want no problems with you people or goslins or whatever you are. But they are, they, 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 but they, a mother's love is strong. A mother's love is deep. A mother's love is powerful. And so it is true. Did you know this of the Holy Spirit? The love that the Holy Spirit has for the world is powerful. I'm not making this up. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The word hover means to brood. It means to be affected, watch this, with the feelings of tender love. According to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the Holy Spirit has a tender love or a brooding over the earth. The Holy Spirit has the same heart of a mother concerning the earth. The Holy Spirit has love for all of God's creation because creation and mankind came from God. I think of Jesus in Matthew chapter 23. Are you listening? I think of Jesus in Matthew chapter 23, verse 7. He had just pronounced judgment on Jerusalem and he's leaving the city and he turns around and he's standing on the mountain. He looks over the city and he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who sent to her. How often I wanted to gather the children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing There's that motherly kind of love. And it's this incredible love that causes the Holy Spirit, watch this, to convict the world of sin. Conviction is from God. Condemnation is from the devil. Y'all ain't listening to me. Conviction is from God. Condemnation is from the devil. Yes. The word conviction, write it down. The word conviction means to show to be wrong. To show to be wrong. Jesus says the Holy Spirit has come to show the world that is wrong about sin. Now, we live in a culture, don't we, where people don't want to admit that they're wrong about anything. Huh? And they definitely don't want to say the S word. What's the S word? Sin. People don't want to say I'm a sinner. They don't want to use the word sin. And the Bible is full of passages that make it clear that every one of us is a sinner. And it doesn't matter what's your ethnicity. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have, how nice your car is or not so nice, how big your house is or not so big, how secure your retirement is or not so secure. Everyone is a sinner and in need of salvation. And listen to this. Here's the connection. If anyone is to be saved, there must first be conviction first. You will never get saved if you don't come to an understanding that you need to be saved. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. He brings us to that place of conviction. Now, bear with me for a second while I state the obvious. The Holy Spirit does the convicting, not you. I need everybody to say amen. Husbands, don't try and convict your wife. And wives, stop trying to convict your husbands. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows how to reach them better than you. Ladies, you know I love you. But y'all good at this. All right? Husbands, y'all know, right? 
Yeah, y'all don't want to shake your hand because your wife's sitting right there. I got you. So, y'all, y'all sitting there going, I'm like, can, can you at least like act like you know what I'm talking about? Like, do, do this. <laughs> at least act like it. I mean, y'all, y'all look at me like, oh, I don't Women are good at it. You don't, don't try to be the Holy Spirit to your husband. You're laying subtle hints and things like that. They don't work. You know, I've seen it. I've, the, the wives or even Christians, and maybe the husband's not, or the wives ones go to church, and maybe the husband doesn't. You know, don't don't leave subtle hints. They don't work. You know, while the husband is in the shower and you you sneak in there and write in the mirror, you know, uh, uh, get saved, sign God. <laughs> And you get out of the shower and go, ah. Mene, mene, tekos, you parson. You know, or leave tracks in the middle of his ham sandwich or something, or leave notes in his travel, little love notes in his travel bag, turn or burn, love you, honey. Listen, if you can't win them, here you go, if you can't win them to Christ with words, then Preach a wordless sermon. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.